The Steelers are getting healthy right while the Rams are dealing with some serious injuries, especially at the running back position. But that's not the big story of the game. The big story of the game is which defensive player of the year guy, TJ Water, Aaron Donald, will take over the game first and lead their team to victory. We'll talk about that huge part of this matchup here on Crossover Thursday on the Locked On Steelers podcast, joined by Doug McCain of the Locked On Rams podcast. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley and Steelers Nation, fans of the black and gold? Welcome to this crossover edition of Locked On Rams and Locked On Steelers. My name is Doug McCain. My friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade, Sports Illustrated, 24-7 Sports, Dodgers Nation. Now the Rams for Locked On. And today, special guest, we have Christopher Carter, who's the host of Locked On Steelers. We're going to break down this Steelers-Rams matchup. Lot to get into, storylines, key matchups, so much more. But first, this episode of Locked On Rams and Locked On Steelers is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code all lowercase LockedOnNFL for your first deposit match up to 10 now, Christopher, we got a matchup here. This Rams team, I just want to say that a lot of people didn't think they were going to win three games this year, and they're <laughs> sitting at three and three, have been somewhat of a surprise this season. We're going to get into this matchup, but uh, yeah, thanks for rocking with us, my man. Absolutely. Great to be here. Uh, and it's funny, a guy that I see all throughout the offseason is always the big guy for the Rams. It's Aaron Donald, the Pitt grad. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Doug, but Pitt and the Steelers, uh, share the same training facility and Aaron Donald, you know, he paid for the, the weight room. So his name's on it. So all throughout the year, I see Aaron Donald just walking around when like when the off season hits and I'm there covering pit spring practices and the Steelers train, you know, Steelers spring practices. You just see Aaron Donald just walking in and out and you're like, Oh gosh, that's that, that. I forgot that he's around here. He's Bruce Banner in football cleats, man. I'm telling you, he he's is. still Absolutely. one of the best in the game. I'm excited to see the mutual respect with Watt and Aaron Donald. That, to me, seems like it could be a nice little jersey exchange after the game. Those guys, two of the best in the game. Now, we're going to dive into some of these storylines, Christopher. And I'll start with the first Rams one because so far this week, one of the biggest ones is the fact that they have found an RB1 in Kyron Williams. And Kyron Williams is coming off the best game of his career at 20 rushes, 158 yards, 7.9 yards per carry. And after the game, Sean McVay made it seem like he was going to miss any significant time. And then it turns out he was going to miss week seven. Now ESPN is reporting that he could miss multiple games and won't be back after their bye week in week 10. So the Rams, they went out there. They end up bringing back Darrell Henderson, a player who was on the Rams a few years ago, they signed Miles Gaskin off of the Vikings practice squad. And it looks like they're going to go with a rookie running back in Zach Evans, who they picked out of the sixth round out of Ole Miss, and possibly Royce Freeman, who was elevated from the practice squad. So that's going to be very interesting to see what they do with the run game and if they commit to that run game because your ferocious pass rush, you're going to have to find a way to slow them down, have more balanced attack to accomplish that. 
Yes, certainly. It's going to be a major factor for the Rams. You know, how the Texans and the Niners slowed things down on the Steelers was they got their running backs involved. The, the, the Niners were able to run with Christian McCaffrey. The Texans were able to be able to uh, to throw the ball to their running backs on screen passes. The Steelers' run defense hasn't been what it was in recent years. This defense, they've been opportunistic. They've been turnover creators. And in fact, like right right now, the the Steelers' defense, as as it stands, they, they're giving up the 30th most yards in the NFL the 20th uh, most points in the in the NFL um, and you you look at that and you're like man that doesn't seem like a, like like the, the Steelers defense that's going to turn over but they they have their second in creating turnovers right now that is how that is their lifeblood but they're trying to get sharper you know they're missing Cam Hayward they're all pro defensive tackle who's who's very much the captain uh, of of this group but TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith have become the premier edge rushing duo of the NFL both of them combined for i believe 8 sacks between them or no 10 sacks between them uh because TJ Watt has 8 by himself um, and they are certainly the catalyst of this defense, um, and that's going to be a big story here uh, against the Rams' running game. You know, running game. But on the flip side, the Steelers are on their offense are trying to rekindle what they were able to get at the end of their win over the Ravens. The offense looked completely lost for most of that game, and until until Kenny Pickett, and this is something that he continues to do here, Doug. He will struggle throughout the game, and then when it's on the line, he turns it on. In 17 starts, he has five fourth uh, game-winning drives, four fourth-quarter comebacks already. It just seems to be what he does when when it's when it's tight and it's it's tough. He turns it on and he gets the team in position. But of course, the Steelers would like him to do that a lot sooner, and they're trying to find some rhythm in this offense. That's where I think it's going to be very interesting with the Rams' defense. They still have Aaron Donald, who may be the greatest defensive tackle of, of all time. But what is this Rams defense like right now? Because it seems like just, you know, just a few years ago when they won the Super Bowl, they had a lot of pieces everywhere. And it seems like they've had to sacrifice strength in a lot of different areas. Yeah, I mean, you look at this Rams defense so far, that has been the surprise. Really, everyone thought that they were going to be competitive on the backs of the offense. They were going to laugh the scoreboard. They were going to try to win games tight. But this Rams defense, it's that bend but don't break style. And it can be frustrating at times, but you're limiting those big explosive plays. You're keeping opponents out of the end zone. They did that last week against the Cardinals. So they have been definitely exceeding expectations all season long. The big question as far as storylines go is Darion Kendrick. He was arrested. He had an issue. Was, it was a felony. He had a gun, and there's really a lot of information hasn't surfaced, so not really speculating on that, but he's most likely going to miss this game, and if that's the case, you're going to have a new cornerback in this one, and Darion Kendrick is someone who he's aggressive, He's had his big moments, also struggled with penalties at times. And with him out, you're going to look at a veteran like Duke Shelley. You're going to look at a rookie in Trey Tomlinson. You can see Kobe Durant. He can play on the outside. And I'm looking at, can you slow down George Pickens? Because if you can stop George Pickens, I think that is going to go a long way. You saw the catch he made, the connection with with uh, at the end of the game that really won it. So, yeah, that's going to be the big key is if you stop him, you're your second leading receiver is a running back, right? So we can neutralize him. I think this Rams defense has a chance to really slow down this Pittsburgh offense, averaging 15.8 points per game. Absolutely. It's a big factor here, but the Steelers offense also – could have the benefit of looking completely different than it has because ever since the season opener, 
they haven't had their number one wide receiver, Deontay Johnson, and he's their best separator. He's their best route runner. Having him back now, he said he's going to play this week. He's been practicing this week. The Steelers haven't officially taken him off injured reserve, but but he's he said he's ready to go. We talked to him again on Wednesday in the Steelers locker room, and he seems like he's ready to go. And Kenny Pickett's excited to have him back. And they also looked at like they'll get Pat Fryermuth back, their star tight end, who has missed the last couple of games. So you're looking at a Steelers offense that also looks like they'll get back their right guard, James Daniels, from, from injury that could have a lot of pieces that have been missing the past few weeks returning to the lineup, and that could be the factor that helps them get it together. But the bottom line is, even last year when this when this offense was healthy, they weren't putting up major points. They were winning games by holding teams to less than 20 points, making these tough, gritty fights that went down to the wire, and then the offense doing just enough while the defense was able to turn it on, get after the quarterback, and, and make things happen. And I think that another big thing that we'll talk about matchup-wise is which, uh, which defensive front will cause more havoc on the opposing offensive front. And I think that could be the very thing that determines the winner of this matchup. I agree with you. And I think that's a great thing to point out. That's a big storyline is that you guys are getting guys back. Deontay Johnson, you look at the help along the offensive line that struggled for Pittsburgh this season. We're on the flip side, the Rams, the momentum they build with the running game against the Cardinals. You're losing your top running back, using your backup running back now. And then on top of that, you're losing your starting cornerback. Got some offensive linemen banged up with Joe Nopum still dealing with a groin injury. Ernest Jones, their inside linebacker, their leading tackler. He's dealing with some stuff as well. So that is going to be a big factor is how do the Rams handle that? And yeah, I do think it's going to be big. Sean McVay is someone that does not like to commit to the run, right? As far as what we've seen in recent years. And in the last game, he ran nine straight times. That was the most in the Sean McVay era. The previous high was five. And does he trust a rookie running back? Does he trust a Royce Freeman? That remains to be seen. I will say the way Zach Evans is built, he's built more for their new gap scheme that they're using. A lot of you saw a lot of zone running in the past, but now you're seeing a more physical running style from this Rams offensive line. I do want to say that my dad, Christopher, is a big Steelers fan. He is from <laughs> Pittsburgh. And all I have to hear about is Matt Canada. I mean, Matt Canada <laughs> is public enemy number one. I mean, come on, Canada. You guys, it seems like this is a situation where it's untenable. I mean, you're seeing the scoring down in the NFL. I mean, it's the cover to shell doesn't help. But I think the scoring down is probably because of Matt Canada and that limited play calling. But just what's your take on Canada, just the fan base and how they view him right now? Listen, it's become a meme at this point in Pittsburgh. They're not just chanting fire Matt Canada at Steelers games anymore. They're chanting him at the Pittsburgh Penguins game, our hockey team in, t- in town. Like the they, they have played, I think, three, two games at home. Both have had fire Matt Canada chants begin. Even in D.C., the Steelers played, the, or excuse me, the Penguins played the Capitals in D.C., and it's a tradition. After the Penguins win, there's like a certain a set of steps that, that are close to the arena there in D.C. where Penguins fans will, will gather there. They'll chant, let's go Pens. They'll meet all the different Pittsburgh fans. But this week, or th- this, this past week, when they did that, they didn't just chant, let's go Pens. They all chanted, fire Matt Canada. It, it, is a, it is a meme at this point. But here's my thing, Doug. And I, any Locked On Steelers listener and fan knows this about me. I don't think Matt Canada is the biggest problem that people think may make him out to be. I think the Steelers' biggest problem has been execution. Now, I do think that Matt Canada's biggest problem right now is getting the guys to execute within his scheme, but 
There have been plenty of play calls with the Steelers call. There's open guys here, there, everywhere. There's there's possibilities for Kenny Pickett to take. There's solid blocks that if they just hold reasonable spots that Najee Harris and Jalen Warren can break through. They just haven't been consistent on offense, and that has been the biggest problem for the Steelers' offense moving forward. Matt Canada, I think, has become the scapegoat for a lot of fans to kind of express their frustrations and to get upset about things. People want him to get fired. He's not going to get fired until the end, end of the season at best. So I think the Steel for the Steelers, their biggest question is, can they get some execution on offense? In the preseason, they had five drives for their, with their first-team offense. All five result, resulted in touchdowns. Everyone thought, okay, maybe they found something. They got back to the regular season, and all of that went away. They have to find something there, and I think a lot of this rests on the shoulders of Kenny Pickett, and I think that's a that'll be a big talking point in our next segment. Yeah, I definitely want to touch on some more Matt Canada, some more Kenny Pickett, some keys for the Rams, guys. They need to step up. That's coming up next here on this crossover episode of Locked On Steelers and Locked On Rams. But first, we want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. They use stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer on you through the thigh and through the leg, giving you a truly sculpted shirt. Exclusive look and bird dogs they come they come in the same way that, that to look exactly like lululemon but they fit a lot better and they fit better than regular pants because they're not made of stiff restricting cotton they're they're they this issue is fixed because bird dogs uses a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement and that can be huge if you're working on the go and you're wearing your bird dogs and you're not trying to get restricted there bird dogs also use an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric which keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free water bottle. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And we're off and running here on this crossover edition of Locked On Rams and Locked On Steelers. Just want to send a shout out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you. Join the Everyday Listeners Club. It's 100% free and you won't miss a thing about your Rams or your Steelers. But here, Christopher, let's get right into it. I want to jump back to that conversation about Kenny Pickett. He's another guy that my dad has some strong opinions on. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. It does feel <laughs> like it's been a up and down year for him. And I think that it's always premature. You got to give guys time. I've heard people out there saying, okay, his ceiling is Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, guess what? Christopher, Jimmy Garoppolo had a lot of success against this Rams team. And I, that could be trouble for us heading into this one. And look, here's the thing. The Rams, they get killed on passes over the middle. That's been the recipe for disaster. That's what San Francisco did against them. And I was looking at the passing charts and you're seeing everything on the numbers for Pickett. Not a lot over yep. the middle. I don't know if that's yep. a Canada problem, if that's a picket problem, but just what do you make of that? I mean, if you're if you're a Steelers fan, a lot of Steelers fans like it's a it's a play calling problem. Why don't they just call more passes to the middle? Thing is, they're they're getting guys open over the middle. Pat Firemuth, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, even that like there's times they're open over the middle, and Kenny Pickett just hasn't seen them, and that is very peculiar for the Steelers because I covered Kenny Pickett in college. I, I covered the University of Pittsburgh as well. I was there for his ACC championship run. I covered him even before that when he was at Pitt. And the biggest thing I always took away from Kenny Pickett was he was a, such a good decision maker. He could process the field. He could develop chemistry with his guys and he could understand how to get the ball to, to get the guys in, in situations that favored them in better spots. That hasn't happened consistently 
for the Steelers. And that's what they're missing. I think that is the biggest factor to their offense because a lot of teams, when Najee Harris gets the football, the linebackers and the safeties, they're flying up because they know you can't let that guy build up steam. Like Najee Harris, his numbers aren't great, but that's because no one fears the Steelers passing attack. And they're like, hey, we, we take him out. This this offense never, get, never gets going anywhere. And that's been the formula that works. But if Kenny Pickett's able to hit more on these deep passes, more on passes over the middle, hit on one-on-one opportunities, it's going to open up this offense a lot more. Not necessarily to make this a top-flight offense or anything, but just actually create some balance. And that's where the Steelers were hoping to have some things this year. Last year, towards the end of the season, they found their grit as an offense to be able to run the ball and then call play action off of that and then base their, their offense off of that. And I think at the start of this year, with the success that they were having throwing the ball in the preseason, they thought they could carry that over to the regular season. It didn't happen. And with that Ravens game that they had, they started to return back to back to that grease style of play that they finished last season with, and I think that's what they're going to try to use in this game. They're not going to just run it all the time, but they're going to try and establish the run, get Najee Harris going, get Jalen Warren going, get this offensive line moving forward, run some more power runs, and then base the passing game off of that old-school-style Steelers football. They understand, like you said, a lot of teams, they're playing more cover two shells. The scoring's being limited in the NFL. They're trying to take away the big plays a, a little a little bit more in, the, in this league, and the Steelers are trying to get ahead of that game by being more efficient on offense on the ground and with, and with their passing, limit the turnovers, and let Kenny Pickett make the smart plays from there. But a lot of it comes down to what I said in the last segment. This offensive line for the Steelers, they've added Isaac Sayomalo, a guy from the Eagles who was really good for them next to Jason Kelsey. They drafted Broderick Jones. There's a question if he'll start this game after he started the last game. Looked pretty good, but his the guy who starts over him is healthy again, so we'll see how that plays out. But this offensive line hasn't been really good yet this year. The last week was, they, they, was, was their best showing against the Ravens, and it seemed like they were taking a step forward, and now they're getting healthy, healthier again. Uh, but I, I really think the big matchup here is going to be can the Steelers offensive line neutralize Aaron Donald and the, and, and the Rams front more so than the Rams offensive line can neutralize the Steel, the Steelers defensive front that's headed up by TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, who both have been major playmakers for the Steelers. Yeah, it's such an exciting matchup of two of the game's best pass rushers right now. Absolutely elite. I think that Watt's pretty much going to be a runaway for Depoy at this point of the season, how good he's looked. And you look at, I was watching Mason Cole kind of get beat a couple times, some of the offensive line play for the Steelers. Mm -hmm. And if the Rams can take advantage of that, you know Aaron Donald is going to get double. You know he'll probably get chipped. Can these rookies like the Kobe Turners, Byron Young, who's been one of the best rookie defenders in the league. We look at pressure rates. He's been right up there at the top of the Micah Parsons of the world. Can he continue to gain momentum? I do want to talk about TJ Watt, though, and that ferocious Steelers pass rush. I mean, you look at 38.2 pressure rate. That's nine. 34 point four blitz rate. That's ninth averaging three sacks per game. That is an absolute massive factor in this one, because if you can get to Matthew Stafford and disrupt things and the Rams don't establish that run game because they're starting running back and their backup is out, then that could be a situation where the Steelers have something in this game. I mean, last week Stafford was sacked three times so far this year, 40.9 pressure rate against this Rams offensive line Stafford. That's six in the league. That's absolutely a weakness that the Steelers can exploit. 
That's the big thing. The Steelers, they're living off of pressure right now because their secondary still has talent in it. Micah Fitzpatrick's still back there. He's still he's still the all-pro safety, though they're moving him around a lot more this year. He's not playing pure free safety, and I think that's lending to him not having as many turnovers. Uh, and Joy Porter Jr. had a huge interception in the last game on Lamar Jackson, but there's a question, where will he play in this game? Because he's been playing more. He played more in the Ravens game than he had all season, and I think there's there's – there's a lot of talk if he's going to be a starter in this game, but it still starts up front for the Steelers. Cam Hayward's not there, but Larry Ogunjobi has been important over the middle, as has Keanu Benton, the rookie out of Wisconsin that they've added. DeMarvin Leal's back and healthy for this game. The defensive linemen are big there, but as, as you were talking about, TJ Watt, one thing he does so well he knows when to turn it on and to win in certain plays. And it's it's one of the things that a lot of a- analytics people are just def- – they try to they, – they like he defies our numbers because he shouldn't be able to get the kind of pressure that he gets or the kind of sacks that he gets because he doesn't, quote-unquote, win pass – rush. He, he doesn't have a high pass rush win rate. But when he wins his pass rush, he finishes plays. And that's why he, is, he leads the NFL with eight sacks right now. Alex Highsmith has also become a big factor there. He's also been huge against the run. And the two of them, I'm telling you, Doug, and I tell people this all the time when on the Lockdown Steelers podcast – their chemistry is insane. Whenever the Steelers come off, whenever the first team defense is practicing, they're doing their thing. When they come off, they're working together on their hand on their hand drills. They're just working like, I'm going to beat you with this. I'm going to beat you with that. I'm going to beat you with this. And they're just getting quicker and sharper almost every rep. And they're building that, they're building that that, that sharpness together. Now Alex Highsmith isn't just the the Robin to TJ's Batman. He's like the Green Lantern or the Flash or so. He's another member of the Justice League. He's not he's not a sidekick anymore. He's a legit super threat that people have to really consider. And I think that's where uh, that's where this defense becomes a problem for teams because you can't just focus on TJ Watt anymore. Because if you just double him, you then have you then risk giving up pressure to, to Alex Heisman. I want to ask you, what is the biggest factor here for this Rams offensive line? What has been their biggest struggle so far? Has it been more so one-on-one matchups or has it been communication? Where, where are you seeing their weaknesses come from? Yeah, I mean, if you look at where they were at to start the season, Alaric Jackson at left tackle, he's done a decent job. Steve Avila, he's a rookie. He's done a really good job. I mean, if you look at Joe Nopum, they basically benefited on the fact that he got injured and your old friend, Steelers legend, Kevin Dotson, Mm -hmm. he goes in there and he's performed well and he's been better in run blocking than pass protection. That really has been the big surprise that this team has been a better run blocking team than a pass protecting team, but they still have done a significantly better job last year when they were decimated by injuries. As far as how you match up with a TJ Watt, with a Alex Heisman, you can see that. You can see the chemistry they have on the field together. Seems like they always know where the other one's at, and they're all going to do their damage. TJ Watt is going to do his damage. It's just about limiting that damage. He's relentless to get to the quarterback. You have to double team. You're going to have to chip with the tight end. As far as his offensive line goes, I think you have to get the ball out quick. I think you can't rely on explosive plays because that's what we see as a problem sometimes. I mean, Cooper Cup is back. We're going to talk about Cooper Cup in a second here. And if you're relying on those explosive plays and Matthew Stafford doesn't have time to throw, you're going to get to him and you can start to see things snowball. So I want to take advantage of getting the ball out quickly, trying to move the chains and try to get this offense humming like we've seen the last few weeks because they've been consistent. They've been marching down the field. They're not relying on these big, massive explosives. And I think that's really the number one thing. And we got more key matchups. So I really want to talk about Cooper Cup. We'll talk about some of these other Steelers players. And I think this will be an exciting game. I'm really looking forward to this one. I think this one go either way. But uh, that's coming up next here on a crossover edition of Locked on Rams and Locked on Steelers.
But first, before we go anywhere else, I want to remind you this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. You can get ready for all the NFL action every single week when you go to FanDuel, America's number one sports sportsbook. And right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. You don't have to win your bet. You don't have to lose your bet. You just get the $200 in bonus bets straight up when you sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook right now. Plus, all customers who get five who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. That's FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. This episode is also brought to you by Jace Medical. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form, and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. You can get ongoing care from our physicians on any treatment-related questions doctor-created, doctor-recommended. There's a lot of things going on in the world right now. that You never know when disaster might strike, and you don't want to be caught unprepared in one of those situations. You want to have a Jace case that can have several life-saving medicines ready for you and your loved ones right at home. Everyone should be empowered to take care of of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's where Jace handles everything from online evaluations to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Jace Medical is simple. You go online, fill out a form, then you get a prescription. Life-saving medication is delivered right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. You actually have it because Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using code Locked On at Check out on jacemedical.com. That's code locked on, L O C K E D O N, all capital letters, all one word, at jace, J A S E, medical.com. And welcome back to this crossover edition of Locked On Rams and Locked On Steelers. And here in our third sim, we got some predictions. We're going to continue these key matchups. And this one I want to pick up on is the Rams are going to need one of their receivers to have a big day. And that guy most likely is going to be Cooper Cup, who's played like Super Cup since he's returned. Last week, seven catches, 148 yards on nine targets. Since he's been back, he's basically been top five in every single category. Receiving yards, targets, receptions, 266 receiving yards in his two games back. Over his last 32 games, 109 receiving yards per game. And you see a lot of Steelers fans out there, have some issues with some of the cornerback play, a little too much cushion. You've been beat with some explosive plays. What do you make of the Steelers secondary to this Rams receiving core? I think the Steelers secondary is still trying to find who it is because they've been living with Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson on the outside. And then you saw last game when they put Joey Porter Jr. in, you couldn't go to him. He's been targeted seven times this year. He's allowed one catch for 12 yards. He's got an interception, a pass breakup, and he's been targeted on several key money downs, and he's been winning almost all of them. And that's where he's he's been sharper. The rookie out of Penn State, the guy that they picked with the first pick of the second round because they got that from the Chicago Bears. Um 
I, I think Joey Porter Jr. could be an answer here. But the, 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 the truth is the Steelers have struggled stopping receivers. And in fact, I asked Mike Tomlin about that earlier this week about, you know, they're, they're giving up the eighth most receiving yards to wide receivers in the NFL right now. Uh, but Mike Tomlin would basically dismiss the question. He's like, hey, we're worried about winning football games. We're not worried about stats or who's getting what yards. We're trying to win things. And to his point, when they played the Raiders, Devontae Adams, eight. He had two touchdowns, 172 yards. You think that when Devontae Adams has a game like that, they dominated. But no, the Steelers' pass rush was what get, what kicked into gear. And when Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't go to Devontae Adams, he had to hold on to the ball. T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith got to him, and then he also started making errant passes. So he th- also threw three interceptions. That's what the Steelers are going to have to try to neutralize this matchup by getting to Matt Stafford, forcing him to make bad throws, and put and, and giving the Steelers the Steelers a chance to create those turnovers. But absolutely, not only Cooper Cup, but Puka, Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell are all threats that the Steelers have to be really considerate of. They have not been good at covering guys. But one thing the Steelers, I think, have done well over the years under Mike Tomlin is when they're able to put together a game plan, they limit guys. If you go, In fact, if you go back to the last time they played the Rams, and that was when they had backup quarterbacks in the year 2019 when they didn't have uh, – they had Mason Rudolph starting that game because Ben Roethlisberger was out for the season that year. You go back to that game, Cooper Cup held to zero yards in, in that game. Uh, Aaron Aaron Donald only got one sack in that game. You thought that he'd get a lot more against that. They tried to neutralize him as best they can. The Steelers recognize that guys like that, they're going to be game breakers. They're going to be guys who make plays, and you have to understand that. But – you have to scheme around trying to limit them as much as possible. That's where the Steelers, I think, are going to do as much as they can to say, hey, you can, you're going to be able to get the ball to them, but to get it to them, you're going to have to work, and you have to keep working, and you're going to have to start making more risks at it. That's where I think the Steelers, they can, they can work on doubling Cooper Cup a little bit more, but the biggest pro- thing is they have to take away the quicker throws for Stafford like you were talking about. He wants to get the ball out quick. They have to take that away, force him to hold on to the ball, and make him have to trust his offensive line against the Steelers' pass rush. They do that. I think that's their best chance to try to counterbalance what the Rams love to do in the passing game because Matt Stafford, you know, if you give him space in that pocket, he's going to kill you. 100%. I, I think it's absolutely one of the biggest keys. Then we look back on Monday, we evaluate this game is, did they get the ball out quick? Did you run enough to keep that Steelers defense honest? If you do those two things, then you give your chance to have some balance. You have to have some semblance of a running game in this one because if you have... The offense relying too much on explosives. It could be a miserable day for Matthew Stafford getting to the quarterback. So I'm definitely looking at that one. Also, Christopher, I had to point out this, and it pains me to say this. Of course, shout out to the Ramley, big Rams fan here, but Steelers in town, there's going to be a lot of terrible towels. The They might be selling the terrible towels at the Rams concessions during this one. Okay, <laughs> so it's going to be a fact. You're probably going to see over 50% Steelers fans. Don't doubt that, but I still think this game, is really up in the air. I think you look at the Rams offense, the momentum they built, the defense that has been surprisingly close to league, league average. They've been good in a lot of different categories that can neutralize this Steelers offense averaging 15.8 points per game. I think this one is going to be a lower scoring affair. I don't anticipate them lighting up the scoreboard. I don't know if you throw out predictions on your show for the predictions episode for the crossover, but I got the Rams winning this one 24-17. 
I usually hold off my predictions for Friday because I try to I try to build up suspense to what my picks will be. But I will say, I, I think this is going to be a very close contest. I think both teams are still fighting to to be the other teams that they want to be by the end of the season. Um, and I think that the Rams, their strength in the passing game, it, it hits right at the Steelers' weakness as far as covering right now. And I, But I also think the Steelers' strength as far as getting after the quarterback hits at the Rams' weakness as far as protecting the quarterback. And that's where I'm just not 100% sure just yet is where I where I fall in this prediction. But to your point about, you know, the, the Steelers fans being there, people need to understand. I think people in Pittsburgh have come to know this, but people naturally don't understand. Steelers fans aren't traveling. They're just everywhere. Pittsburgh, when the, when the 70s, right. when, in the 70s, when they got great, the steel mills were closing down. So a lot of families, they left Pittsburgh. They moved all across the country. That's why there's huge bevies of Steelers fans in California, in, in Nevada, in Florida, in hot weather climates, in Arizona. I've been to Steelers games in Arizona, and I, I was once at a, at a Steelers-Cardinals game. There were 75% Steelers fans there, and I couldn't, I did, I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, this is, this is insane. The same thing happens to a lot of times in, in, in Florida if their team's not great uh same thing happens a lot of times in cal in california it happened at a chargers game uh recently or when when they went out there a few years ago so i fully anticipate steelers fans to be there but this will still come down to how the steelers actually perform in this game can the offense start faster the steelers defense hasn't had the chance to really protect too many leads this season and when and when they have historically uh, with with the with this core they have been able to protect it they've been able to play a little bit more aggressive and that's what forces teams to kind of have to take those riskier throws and get things going so i'm not going to give my full prediction just yet but i do i'm right with you on the rams i think that there are advantages here that matt stafford a veteran quarterback a super bowl champion he can take advantage of these moments if the steelers pass rush can be negated one thing that the texans did very well just a, just a few weeks ago when they dismantled the Steelers, they caught, they had a game plan that went through their running backs and the screen passes and the quick passes that allowed CJ Stroud get the, like you said, get the ball out quick. Don't worry about, don't worry about trying to create, make the big play every time. And that a lot that, and the, the Texans had a game plan that neutralized the Steelers edge rushers and, and forced their linebackers and interior defensive linemen to be the playmakers. They weren't able to that game, but, the Ravens tried a similar plan and it didn't work because the Steelers linebackers and interior defenders were better there. And once that once that was neutralized, the edge rushers came into play. TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith did their thing. I think that's going to be the, the, the key here. Can the can the Rams neutralize the edge rushers on offense? And then can they try to beat the, the other Steelers defenders? If they do that, I give them a very high chance to win this game. Yeah, absolutely. And I would feel more confident about this pick if they weren't dealing with the injuries at the running back position. I mean, the Rams, yeah. they're confident running the football now in that Pittsburgh defense line, 4.8 yards per carry. That's 28th. But I will say that Matthew Stafford, he's been elite, a lot of different categories. He really reestablished himself as a top 10 quarterback once again, but his turnovers do come in bunches. And if you can't get to the quarterback, you can't sack him, you can make life miserable, that's definitely going to be the recipe for success. I'm pretty confident that this Rams defense can stop the Steelers offense. I think you look at that Steelers team, haven't been a great third down team, haven't been great in the red zone. I think they are due, and I think the momentum that they built with that Ravens win could go a long way. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a close game in this one. I feel like this Rams team needs this game. I think the Steelers team definitely wants to get this game. I will say, Mike, this is a big Mike Tomlin household, okay? Big fan of Mike Tomlin. Uh, coming off a of bye week, this guy's fantastic. I mean, 12-4 and four after a bye, they've won their last 
They won their last six games coming off a of bye week. So that preparation, that has me a little worried as far as how they can scheme up Cooper Cup and how they can scheme up a Puka Nakua and try to neutralize this Rams offense. And they do just enough with Matt Canada. And I don't want to, I know that Matt Canada could be trending on Twitter pretty quickly after this one. I think that the Steelers could escape with a win as well. <laughs> it's 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 funny, Matt Canada. Listen, no matter what happens, Matt Canada will be trending. If they if they score forty points, they'll be like, it wasn't because of Matt Canada. Like, in fact, it was a whole thing, Doug, in the in the in the Ravens game. This Kenny Pickett threw the game winning touchdown to George Pickens, and they showed the booth. And Matt Canada was just staring on the to the field, not celebrating while the rest of the booth did. And Steelers fans were like, he he's mad because Kenny Pickett changed his play. And no, he was just getting ready to call the two point conversion play on the next very one. That's that that's what he does. So trust me, whatever happens Matt Canada will be a uh will will be a factor in this but after you're absolutely right about Mike Tomlin Mike Tomlin people think that he wants to win by not scoring a whole lot that's just not the case uh, at all when the Steelers had the killer bees Ben Roethlisberger Le'Veon Bell Antonio Brown they were more than happy to be aggressive to play in a manner that allowed them to kind of feed feed off of their defense but or feed off their offense. But nowadays it's the defense that carries the team. And until the offense shows that they're able to um they're they're able to to, to win in a certain way, win win consistently because of them, they're gonna lean on that defense. And in fact, if you go back oh if you go back over how many um uh you know how many times that they've they've won and the ways that the ways that they've won, you can look at it and see like man, they've won a lot of these games by holding teams let to less than to 20 points or less and the offense doing just enough to get them over that's their way of winning right now and it's not a it's it's not it's not a it's not a situation where it's like hey they they want to only have to win that way it's just a reality of that's how struggling the offense is as they've rebuilt it over the years but i think where the steelers are at right now is that they're trying to get to a point where this offense is efficient enough before it's it, it takes off and gets to a point where you can say okay uh, this is the offense that's it's commanding the field they don't need it to be a super powerful offense just yet just get to the point where you're possessing the football. You're not turning the ball over. You're running the ball consistently. Uh, I mean, in fact, if you go back over the Steelers, they, they've what uh, 21 wins since the start of the 21 the, the 2021 season, and I think in all but one, two, in all but two of those 21 wins, they have held their opponents to 20 or less points. So that's 19 times in the last two years and five games that the Steelers defense has done that. That's absolutely in their ballpark. I think that's where the Rams fans have to look at. Can they get over that 20 point mark there? And that's when the Steelers, they need, they would either need defensive touchdowns to put them in like they did against the, like they did against the Browns this year, or they're going to need their offense to do something they haven't done. And that's score three touchdowns in in a game with Kenny Pickett leading the way. Yeah, look, it's the Steelers' defense, man. They're always tough. Watt's going to give them fits. We know that. The key number I'm looking at is number four. Can you limit them to under four sacks? Can you play four quality quarters? Because the Rams still haven't had a game where you had four quarters of solid football throughout. They do that. I think they'll get the win. But I would not be shocked to see the Steelers surprise in this one and get a W as well. So much respect for Mike Tomlin. But that's going to do it for this crossover edition of Locked On Rams and Locked On Steelers. You have yet be sure to subscribe to the channel hit that subscribe button hit that notification bell and comment down below give us your predictions for this matchup Steelers and Rams what is your biggest key that's gonna do it my name is Doug McCain you can follow me on X and Instagram at dmac underscore LA you can follow Christopher Carter at Carter critiques over on X but until next time